Hey, hey, Sales of Nation, it's your host, Tyler Lindley. Today, I have Stephen Beach back on the podcast. Hey, Stephen, how's it going? Hey, Tyler, good. Recurring guest. I'm very humbled. <laughs> excited to talk to you today. You join a small and exclusive group. Excited to have you back on. Stephen, reminder, is a co-founder and CMO at Vantage Impact and is located down in sunny Tampa, Florida. Today, we're going to be jamming on following up and nurturing prospects who may not necessarily be ready to buy right now. They're in your pipeline. There's going to be a delay, so they're not ready to buy today. How do you nurture those prospects? How do you stay in front of them? First of all, Stephen, why is this nurturing even important? Why should sales reps and sales teams be nurturing their prospects who aren't ready to buy today? I think a lot of times we put the emphasis on generating new prospects, generating new conversations. We do a lot of grinding on cold email, phone calls, all the different social selling whatever you do. And a lot of the emphasis is always go get more, go get more, go get more. And I think sometimes we can overlook the fact that it's actually more valuable and a lot of times faster, more efficient to nurture your prospects that you've already done a lot of the legwork to get them out of the gates. It's actually a more powerful channel to put a lot of time and energy into. I want to talk about that a little bit just to give some really practical tips and tricks, things that I've seen our clients doing that have worked, things that I've done that have worked well for us to nurture your prospects, especially over a longer sales cycle. We're not selling a pair of shoes that somebody can make a decision on in an hour. This is going to take days, weeks, months for a couple of our clients. It'll take over a year wow. for really the full sales cycle to go through. There's a lot of time there that you're spending on building the relationship and it's bigger than just getting the next one in the door. Yep. Once they get in the door, how do you invite them to sit down for dinner and have a drink and have a conversation with you? I think there's quite a bit of opportunity there. I totally agree. And I think a lot of people listen to the show, B2B sales, right? Tech sales. It is more of a considered purchase where it is a longer sales cycle and it's not transactional in nature. And it does require, like you said, building that relationship over time, nurturing that prospect and educating them. You brought up some tips and some tactics. What do you recommend that folks do? Because you and I hear this question a lot. How do I stay in front of this prospect over this span of months without just, quote, checking in? It's easy to check in, but you're not really adding any value. So how do you do that without just checking in, but you also want to stay top of mind on these longer sales cycles? That's a great question. That's what we hear from our clients. I'm getting annoying to my prospect. I feel like I'm just annoying them. I've already sent them three emails. It's been three months. I feel like nothing's really happening on their side. I don't want to be the annoying salesperson. Totally get it. Awesome. I'm there. First thing I think, practically speaking, is double check yourself that you're not telling yourself a story. And we can do this as sales reps all the time. And you may be telling yourself a story that you're annoying. Whereas, in fact, if your product or your service is really going to help your prospect and you know this, assuming that is the case, which I am, because otherwise the people listening to this show probably have moved on to the next job if that wasn't the case. So if you <laughs> right. truly believe in your product or your service, you know deep down that it's going to help. That's your mindset. HubSpot talks about this really well, helping, not selling, and telling ourselves that story of helping because that unlocks all these other tactical things that we're going to talk through today. So that's the first thing is realizing and understanding that by working with you, your soon-to-be customer, your soon-to-be client got at least closer to solving their problem. 
Do you think it's the belief, almost belief in your product and your service and the fact that it can help them? Almost it starts with that. If you don't have that belief, then all this nurturing and trying to stay in touch with them is going to feel probably a little bit disingenuous almost. Yeah, it's going to fizzle out if you do that, especially like you said, it's consultative, it's relationship based, it's not transactional. If you don't truly believe that it's anything you do is going to fizzle out, you're going to lose motivation, you're going to lose your energy, and we know what happens from there. (laughs) The deal slowly dies painful death, uh, right? It's just a slowly <laughs> wilting flower that yeah. just dies on the vine. <laughs> exactly. And then if you do feel like that, I feel like you would think that your continued outreach would be annoying because you probably are just checking in and you're not doing it with any kind of enthusiasm and you're not really trying to build a relationship and you only halfway believe that you're helping this person long term. That would be annoying. <laughs> you would be annoyed Correct. in that same circumstance. Exactly. It's embracing the customer-centric mindset, the client-centric mindset. Think about it from there. What am I going to say that's not going to be annoying, but still lets me get in front of them so that I can stay in touch so that they know I'm here so that they know I'm trying to progress their their deal so that I can help them. That's it in a nutshell. If you look at it that way, step one, and then I think there's a few things that we've done tactically speaking that, that I'd love to share. People talk about industry news articles. That's one. Find an article that's relevant to your client that you've come across on your LinkedIn feed or whatever it is and your Google alerts and just copy paste the URL and send it over to them. Hey, saw this article this morning, thought of you, hope you're doing well. Don't ask for anything. Just send that. It sounds like in order to do that, Stephen, you mentioned Google Alerts, LinkedIn Newsfeed. So almost like staying up to date on what are some of those articles coming out. As a sales rep, you need to be compiling those kind of things so that when you see a connection, oh, prospect Jeff over here might think that's interesting. I should send that to Jeff. You almost have to have a repository of those and be staying up to date. Or how do you do that? That's a good question. You stay up to date with that. You stay mindful of the questions, the topics that people are asking you about. That's the first piece. And then if you have a marketing team, if you have any kind of marketing sport, go to whatever the emails are that they're sending out and the collateral that they're producing. They should really be compiling a database of this type of stuff that you could just pull from. But other than that, the thought leaders that you may follow on social channels, and like I said, Google alerts, little things like that. You want to make sure you set it up so that you don't want to spend a lot of time on it, to be honest. You want it to be really fast, just something that you grab really quick and shoot it over to your prospect. And this doesn't necessarily have to be content the sales reps company has created themselves. This can be third-party content. Correct. In a lot of ways, it's more powerful that way. Oh, I saw this Forbes article that reminded me of you. They were talking about to minimize your time spent on Zoom calls, whatever the topic is that you think might be relevant to your prospect. And in a lot of ways, I think that's actually more powerful because again, you're helping, you're not selling. The prospect sees it's like, all right, they're engaging with me in a way that's not just, hey, I'm checking in. Are you ready to sign my proposal yet? <laughs> it's way more helpful than that. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, by the way, could lead to that conversation, even if you're just just sending over, like you said, the Forbes article or just, hey, I th- thought of this, thought of you. They could have a question. They could have something, an update that's like, oh, I should remind Stephen what's going on because there's an update on the deal or this has changed or whatever. These can start conversations that otherwise would be hard to start because if you're just checking in, you know, that's just annoying. But if you're adding value, now you've got that open space for dialogue that maybe can take place. Exactly. Yeah. Third-party news articles. Another one that's similar would be third-party tool that you're using that Hmm. you think might be helpful for your prospect too. Because honestly, I think this is something we all do. We use, I don't know how many tools you actually use in a day. I can think (laughs) of 10 off the top of my head that I use tons. (laughs) Recently, I came across a couple of new ones that I've really liked. And I just sent them to a few people that I've been working with, uh, prospecting with. And hey, Maggie, thought you might like to see the sales reach tool. It's really 
really cool. Here's what you can do with it. Here's what I'm doing with it. Give you a look under the hood. Yep. Thought I'd share it. We work with financial advisors a lot. One of the things that I've been using is one-to-one video. You and I have been doing this for a long time. Yep. Loom, Vidyard, Soapbox, one-to-one video. So much opportunity to use those tools. Like you just are using that example. You could show them. You could share your screen. It makes it so much exactly. more personal and engaging. I say, hey, John, great talking with you a few weeks ago. Curious if you've ever used a tool like this. I'm using this tool called Loom. Yep. It's pretty slick. Just like I'm on video with you right now, you can touch base with your clients like this. You can touch base with your prospects. Let me know what you think. Talk to you later. That's all I do. And now he's introduced to this tool. He sees it working exactly. He sees a good example of it. And by the way, the whole time I'm there, I'm in front of him. Exactly. I love that too. I never have really thought about it that way. The industry news articles is like a little bit more top of mind, I think, when people think of how do I nurture? Let me just send them an article. I think that might be interesting. But showing them a tool that might be interesting, whether that's related to your business or not, hey, this is a tool I've been using, thought you might be interested in taking a look at it. That is really that helping mindset that I think would really allow you to stand out. I think it also continues to position yourself as that consultative, almost friend versus, oh, the sales rep, which can have a different kind of connotation. Sometimes people think, oh, sales reps are always after something. They're always after the deal. They're always after their commission. That's commission breath. I can smell it from a mile away versus you just being helpful and being upfront. I think that could be a way to differentiate yourself against a lot of the other sales reps out there. Commission breath. I'm going to use that one if you don't mind. Yeah, no doubt. That's when the rep is really really getting aggressive, only thinking about that nasty smell on their tongue. Exactly. Prospects can hear it too. Prospects can hear it. And you share your third party tool example, it would be almost impossible if you have commission breath doing something like that, just because it's almost unrelated to the deal, which is interesting, Stephen. Some reps might be like, uh, I don't want to send them using Loom or whatever. I'm using these new tools because that has nothing to do with closing the deal. What would you say back to them if they gave you that feedback? It has everything to do with closing the deal. How do you close the deal? Ask yourself that. How do you close the deal? I think a lot of the times the answer is continue to show value to the prospect over and over and over again Yeah. <laughs> during the sales process. Ask yourself, how do you close the deal? It can't just be simple as I lower the price. If you did that, you'd have already exited your business. Right. There's something deeper than that. Ask yourself, how do you close the deal? And probably your answer is going to come back to, I create a relationship. Yep. I continue to stay in front of the person for as long as possible with them engaging with me. The way you do that is you keep showing them value. Yep as many things as you can that are directly related to them. And then you do that over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> like you said, especially in this case that we're talking about, where you've got a longer sales cycle, where just dropping the price, you could drop the price in month one, and then we're still 12 months out from really being able to do anything. So right. what's the point? Why would I give up that margin there when you don't even need to, when you have to build this long-term relationship? And really, that's what we're right. talking about here. I like that you brought up relationships and value. At the end of the day, as we're nurturing prospects, we're trying to build a relationship and we're trying to continuously add value over and over and over and over again. Exactly. I just thought of something else too. So now that you said that, the other thing that this will do is you continue to build a relationship, you add the value. Hey, are you using Loom? Let's go back to that. Are you using this? It's really cool, whatever. I'm not afraid to ask for a referral or somebody else that I could talk to that's similar to my 
prospect that I'm engaging with as well at that point. Hey, I'm helping you. This is awesome. I know your deal is six months out because of timing or because of budget or because of whatever, but you understand what we do. You understand the services that we provide or the product that we provide. Is there anyone in your network that would benefit from talking with me or just having a 15 minute Mm. introduction? And actually a lot of times I get good response to that because again, if you position yourself as the helper, the dynamic helper that's out there just helping, helping everyone, then who doesn't want to share that kind of person? One other thing on that is you could do that, ask for a referral, but you could also give a referral Mm. or somebody to work with. Again, recently, Courtney, my prospect, Mm -hmm. we'll probably work with her, but it'll be nine to 12 months away, depending on uh, a number of things. So that's fine. But I know she mentioned a few different things like PR. She mentioned video, all this stuff. And I'm like, actually, I know a PR person. Mm -hmm. Would you like an intro? She's like, oh, I'd love one. Okay. So I put them (laughs) on an email. That's a touch. Introduce somebody else from your network that could be valuable for your prospect. I love that you're talking about doing this before you've even sold. When we think about referrals, giving or receiving, we think, oh, that's limited to post-sale. That is a post-sale activity. They've signed on the dotted line. Now, do you know anybody else that you can help? Or let me introduce you to so-and-so. Whereas in this longer sales cycle, that can be another one of those adding value activities, especially I love giving them a referral, introducing someone to them that they might could help or they might could work with or whatever. That to me is huge. Not just asking for them from them, but giving them proactively to the prospect as well. Exactly. That goes such a long way. You do a good job of this with your network through the podcast, especially, but it goes such a long way. There's a lot of power in somebody who has a big network that's deep, that's experts in what they do, and that you're just willing to share without getting anything in return. That's extremely valuable. There's a lot of books out that are written about this, but it's just that network. We're all that six, seven degrees of separation, whatever is totally true for me and you. This podcast episode is a great example of that, Stephen. We worked together a year or two back and then we decided to reconnect, do some podcasts. Now we're doing our second podcast episode. It's led to some cool conversations outside of the episodes. And it's just a way for us to, we're almost nurturing this relationship. You've got to be nurturing relationships with old colleagues, with friends, with prospects, with your internal colleagues, you know, people that you work with right now, people that live down the street. You never know who you can connect with and how this can help and benefit your prospect if you can make some of those introductions. I think you always be networking. Sales is not always be closing. It's always be networking. It's really funny. Just this example alone of yourself. I hadn't talked to you for a year, whatever it was, two yep. years, who knows? The whole thing is a blur because of COVID and <laughs> I've had children recently. <laughs> you have a good excuse there. <laughs> yeah. Who knows if we'd have reconnected, but now guess what? Tyler has a podcast. Podcast. Yep. So Tyler invites me on his podcast. And I'm like, wait, what does Tyler do again? I just asked you before the podcast. So who are you working with? What do you do? Yep. What do you exactly. do for them? Exactly. Now you're in my Rolodex. I can go to people and say, yeah, you need someone that can help coach your reps, especially yep. tech sales. I got a guy like yep. he's, I used to work with him. I talk to him all the time. He trusts him. And it's all because of your podcast. So that's another thing. Podcast invites. If you have anything that you can invite the prospect to, to showcase them, bring them on. We just started doing this with when in a more written form for women advisors for Women's History Month. What we started doing was inviting different women advisors in the financial services industry for an interview, basically just to say, can we talk to you for 20 minutes? Let us tell yeah. your story. You might inspire other women in an industry that's unbelievably underrepresented with women. It's been like this for 70 years. It's in a really poor state. So can we help share your story and maybe inspire other women to follow the same path? We reach out like that. 
to a prospect, somebody that I'm already talking to, hey, do you want to be on our series? Yep. And in that way, it's a blend of marketing and sales, but who's going to say no to that? And all of a sudden, I'm in front of them again. They're talking to me or somebody on my team. We're developing the relationship. And then it's very natural for them to be like, oh yeah, by the way, you should talk to this other person, interview them or tell them a little bit about what you do. And there's my next lead. Yep, I totally agree. And I think, like you said, all that takes is starting, we're going to do this series. We're going to reach out to these folks because we're going to create these series, blog articles, videos, whatever it's going to be. All you got to do is start that podcast and say, hey, I'm going to talk to people in the space. And then we're going to try to add value and help educate people on how to do X, Y, and Z better. But you've got to start. We talked about this a little bit before it's all about getting some momentum and you creating some of those projects and series and podcasts and webinars give you a great excuse to reach out to your network and continue to develop those relationships. And then also, I feel like that's also helping a lot of people out there too, especially if it's educational style content, for instance, this podcast, whether the people that listen to this show or not ever work with me or you, we're building goodwill in the space because we're hopefully helping somebody nurture a deal better over a period of time. If somebody's interested in this topic, maybe they find this episode episode. Maybe this helps them in their own sales process. They get an idea or two and now they can go close a deal. And to me, it doesn't matter. Do you end up working with all these folks? You're helping and you're building that network and you don't have to always build it in a one-to-one relationship with the advantage of social media and podcasts and all these tools we have available. You can build these one-to-many style relationships. I've seen that a lot where people feel like they know me because of this podcast, which can be advantageous as you begin to start relationships with folks. They feel like they already know you. Well, they hear your deep, calming voice. They might see you in the <laughs> in the fresh orange. And they're like, okay, I'm going out with this guy. I think that's part of it. Yeah, for sure. So we brought up some great ones here. The ones I've written down just to recap for those listening. Belief starts with belief, sharing industry news articles with your prospects, sharing third-party tools that you're using and how you might be using them, asking or giving referrals. That was the fourth one. And then the fifth bucket that we just talked about is content, like inviting them to create some content with you, inviting them on the podcast, figuring out how you can co-produce some content together to keep those relationships going as you nurture these prospects over time. Anything that we've left off the list, Stephen, in addition to those five? A couple simple ones. In addition to that is, honestly, I've been asking the question at the end of the call or towards the end of the introduction, how can I help promote you or your business? I just say that. Hmm. I just say, what can I do to help promote you or your business? And this is without knowing if I'm going to get a deal or not, or if I do, it might be a long time from now or whatever. And honestly, people, they're stunned for a second. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Can I share something that you created or give you a referral or one person who's a third party ad agency? Want me to leave you a Google review? What would be helpful? They've never heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny that you say they never heard. It It makes sense, though, because people always think that everything is a quid pro quo, that everything there has to be some equal exchange of value. When it's like you said, Gary Vee calls it jab, 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 right hook. You're just jabbing a lot. Right. You're helping. You're jabbing by helping. You're just helping and putting goodwill out there. All that comes back, though. It all comes back eventually. But if you view everything as I did this for Steven, now he immediately needs to do something for me or else this relationship is worthless to me. That's the wrong way to view it. Like I said, it's going to fizzle out. If you do that, you can't do that in bulk, first off. No. And it'll just fizzle out. The relationship will fizzle out. And then your energy will fizzle out when you see your numbers aren't coming in the way that you want them to. So I think that's a big one. Just saying with nothing in return, what can I do to help promote you or your business? You'll get some interesting replies. Most of the time they'll say, I don't even know. And so you got (laughs) to think of a couple ideas ahead of time. Yeah. Well, that's a good idea to give them some, hey, these are some things that I could do. Like you said, they may not know. 
say, hey, for example, here's three ideas. Google review. Do you want me to promote something on LinkedIn that you shared? Do you want me to give you a referral? What do you want? Ask them that. And then listen, just listen to what they say. And the last quick one that I'll throw in is to give a pitch for a tool called salesreach.io. And I really like this tool to help nurture, especially over a longer sales process. So what it is, is essentially a mini web page that I can create without any coding knowledge or experience for myself. And it's basically, I can compile a bunch of different assets that I want my prospect to have. I can put a little video on there that says, hey, Tyler, this page is for you. I dropped a few things in here that you might like. There's a link to my proposal at the bottom of the page. There's a link to schedule a meeting with me. Take a look something like that, and then send them that URL of the page. Very unique. It's also, if you think about it from their perspective, it's it's really efficient and helpful because it compiles everything yep. in one place. They don't have to chase down six different email threads and look at their notes somewhere else. So again, buyer-centric. I think that's really nice because then you could say three months from now and you're like, I don't know what to send this person. <laughs> no, just add, you were on a podcast episode recently, yep. add a link to the podcast to that person's page and send yep. them the page again, same URL. Just say, yo, checking in. You might not say yo, depending on how your relationship <laughs> how casual, is with the yeah. person. <laughs> Hi there, checking in. I added this podcast that I was recently featured on. I thought you might enjoy it. Skip to minute 10, so you don't have to listen to me. Be monotone for the first five, <laughs> 10 minutes. And yeah. I think you might get something out of it. I added it to your page just so you can reference it at any time. That's really nice. So I've been really liking that tool. That's awesome. I would throw a vote in for that one too. Yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes. So if anybody wants to check that out further. But again, that just sounds like you're continuing to build that relationship. You're making it easy for the prospect, especially if you're compiling everything in one place, you're just making it easy for them. All right, Steven, I know we could go on for hours. If my listeners want to find out more about you online and connect with you, how can they do so? My company is Vantage Impact, V-A-N-T-A-G-E, impact.com. Sister company, craftimpact.com. So you can find me there. LinkedIn, Stephen Beach with a PH and then Beach is just like going to the beach. (laughs) Very fitting for you down there in Florida. We'll link to all those links in the show notes. So be sure to check those out at the saleslift.com. Steven, thanks for coming on. We'll have to go for the trifecta at some point in the future, okay? Oh, that would be a lifetime goal for me if I could do the trifecta. Awesome, man. Great chatting with you. Talk soon. All right. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time.